Hello, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. as in flower, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Monday, March 30th, 2020, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in Chapter 7, Working with Others, on page 100. We will be reading and commenting on the second paragraph, which begins with when working with a man and ends with the blessed fact of his sobriety. Today's readers are Wendy M., Alice G., Jen A., Lisa B., and Marge O. The share ID number for yesterday, Sunday, March 29, 2020's special edition meeting is 14,335. That's 14 335. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Wendy M. to read the OA 12 Steps. Good morning, I'm Wendy M., a recovered compulsive overeater in Raleigh, North Carolina. And these are our 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you for doing service, Wendy M. 
I will now ask Alice G. to read the OA 12 Traditions. Good morning, everyone. This is Alice G., Recovering Compulsive Overeater in Wisconsin. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to serve. Thank you so much, Alice G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we are in chapter 7, working with others on page 100. We will be reading and commenting on the second paragraph, which begins with, when working with a man, and ends with, the blessed fact of his sobriety. I will now ask Jen A. to go ahead and read that for us. When working with a man and his family, you should take care not to participate in their quarrels. You may spoil your chance of being helpful if you do. But urge upon a man's family that he has been a very sick person and should be treated accordingly. You should warn against arousing resentment or jealousy. You should point out that his his defects of character are not going to disappear overnight. 
Show them that he has entered upon a period of growth and ask them to remember when they are impatient, the blessed fact of his sobriety. My name is Jenna and I'm a recovered compulsive reader, anorexic and bulimic from Colorado. And, um, you know, here we are on page 100 of working with others. Um, we're getting through the main chunk of it. You know, there's, uh, in this chapter, it contains 150 suggestions on how I should work with others, on how I should be kind and loving yet firm. And, um, it, it, you know, this paragraph helps me if and when I do um, come up against the family or if the family comes, if I come into contact with the family. Um, I know that when this book was written, um, you know, they worked with families more. Um, I think for me as, um, as a sponsor, I'm not necessarily seeing many family members. Um, you know, uh, some sponsees have had family members come to different activities that Overeaters Anonymous has um, uh, participated in. They've come to that. Um, but really, I, I haven't really had much conversation. But I'm so glad that if I do, it tells me what not to do, right? I'm not going to participate in their quarrels because that's not going to be helpful. Um, but I am going to remind them that they are a sick person. And I think sometimes this is where, um, you know, we've talked about in previous pages that, uh, you know, steering the family towards um, an Al-Anon meeting or something else of that sort is going to help them maybe to understand a little bit more um, the situation, but to be on their side of the street versus the addict side of the street. Um, and I, I, my favorite line in this whole paragraph is that if you have the opportunity, point out that the defects of character are not going to disappear overnight. Um, I know for, for me, they still haven't um, been, you know, just totally removed. It doesn't happen that way, right? Um, things, those defects of character get smaller and smaller as um, our ego gets um you know, chipped away, and uh, we get closer and closer to the God of our understanding. So, um, you know, the good thing is that it does say we are um, sobering up. We are getting on the right path, and it's not an overnight matter. So these are just um, the instructions for me if and when I do need it. And I'm, I'm grateful that I can always turn back. I was just talking to a sponsor last night. When, when we have a question, what do we do? We open up the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and we look here for our answers first and pray to God and ask him to reveal um, what the intuition is on how to handle any given situation. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jen A. If you haven't shared in this meeting in the past couple of days and would like to share on the second paragraph on page 100 in the big book, Please press star one to unmute and state your first Charles name. Charles H. Initial. Larry, Larry K. Initial is Charles and Larry. I'm in. Reba P. Reba P. I heard. Shelly C. R. Shelly C. R. Yep. Leah S. R. Leah S. Was there Reva P? I heard Reva P, but before Reva, there was someone with a B. Oh, maybe not. It's Amanda B. Hi, it's Amanda B that you heard? Amanda. Amanda, thank you so much. Okay, so here's who I've got. 
Charles H., Larry K., Amanda B., Reba P., Shelly C. R., or if it's not Shelly, you'll, you'll correct me, Nessa R., Leah S., and Sandy um, someone. And if it's not Reva, uh, it might be Dorita. <laughs> um, if it's both of you, I'm going to put Dorita on the bottom. Okay, uh, Charles H., please go right ahead. Thank you very much, moderator, for your service. Um, so I could I could recall getting into sponsees, um, especially during the, the fifth-step process. You know, I used to do foolishness like that. Um, and, and, and through studying the text, um, you know, I quarantined myself from doing that. You know, I see a lot of, like, uh, uh, some of my sponsees still try to do that. And I'm like, I- I'm not I'm not on your side. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not, you're not stating your case to me. You, this is a fact-finding and fact-facing process, right? I'm not, I'm not against you either, bro, but... You feel me? Like I'm not like here. <laughs> Let's get down to the causes and conditions, right? And 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 the text is telling me that I should not get into the business. I shouldn't be given unsolicited advice. I should be sticking to the to the to the script of the big book. I'm checking that, right? Because that's what's going to get me right. I give you an example. Like my daughter, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a young grandfather, and there's some toxicity in the house. Um, so I still pray for my daughter and her baby daddy, even though sometimes I want to pop his head off, but, um, I don't get involved. I don't know why I said that, but I I just felt like saying that I don't get involved with even my family's drama to mention to get involved with my sponsee's family's drama. Now we just stick to the book. And if you want to call me just, and we could, we could chat on a 10 step. Or, or just call me, but but not like working a text and trying to give you solicited advice. No, we don't do those things. Cause that's gonna, you know, they might resent me even more trying to get all up in there. My my house ain't clean. How how I'm gonna try to clean up your house and your house affairs? All I know about is is what happens in a text. I feel happy, joyous, free, and um, I'm gonna stay on the text. The text works, man. Everything else is nonsense. All right, with that, I pass. Thanks, Charles H. Larry K. Rebecca. <laughs> Good morning, Rebecca. Thanks so much for your service. Um, you know, he has entered upon a period of growth. It's called uh, amputation of the ego. You know, I think of Dr. Harry Tebow, that, that, that psychiatrist from Brooklyn that, you know, was involved in the, he was a real force in early AA. And, and he, he referred to the ego, he called it his majesty, the baby. <laughs> I love that. His majesty, the baby. That's why the ego has to be dethroned. Uh, when it can, people can, can, can handle their family and, and, and work within their family. He said that unless the individual attains uh, in the course of time a sense of the reality and the nearness of a greater power, his egocentric nature will reassert itself, Right with intensity and drinking will again enter into the picture. We will eat again unless we have a total recognition of our egocentricity. In fact, the main effect of these steps was to develop in the person a spiritual state, which will serve as a 
as a way to neutralize that force against the ego mind. And this is key. This is critical to understand. You know, a vague kind of skeptical intellectual belief would not accomplish a complete psychic change. So working the steps on an intellectual basis is not enough for me, maybe for you. I have to overthrow his majesty, the baby, and only a true deep spiritual revolution in a person will give us total neutrality over the substance and we'll begin to change in our families. Because in the end, we have to keep taking steps no matter how twisted and dark the path becomes, right? Believing there will be a light, even a crack in the door, that's how we keep moving forward. And if we keep going in the face of our fears, you know, the hope is that we'll make it through. And when Bill was plagued by depression, you know what he did with step 12? He'd go to town's hospital and talk to a drunk. Some of our best efforts at carrying this message come when we're shattered, yet still recovered. He was shattered, yet still in a recovered state. This is a design for living that works in tough times. With that, I pass. Thanks so much. Thanks, Larry K. Amanda B. Hi, this is Amanda B. You're covered in Toronto, Canada. Um, to me, this paragraph is just about the themes of the big book. It tells us many times, don't fight. <laughs> it says we should never fight. It talks about jealousy and resentment. Um, so the three themes that I pulled out of this that apply to you know, we think that it's applying to how we should act with families, and it is, but it just still applies to us. Keep my eyes on my own paper, and I should never fight or be jealous or resentful. That's a theme. The second theme is my defects are not going to go away overnight. My sponsor's defects are not going to go away overnight. In fact, whether you're in program or not in program, things that are spiritual in nature don't go away overnight. Uh, it's a spiritual progress, not spiritual perfection. And it says, you know, the second theme that I felt was patience, love, and tolerance. Um, I'm just going to take a look at the, the passage again. It says, you might spoil your chance to be helpful. Um, and, and again, so this, you should not get rid of that. You might go, urge a man's family that he has been a very sick person. So I know I am very sick. And warn them against arousing jealousy or resentment. And so, again, that's that I shouldn't fight. The last line, ask them to remember when they are impatient, the blessed fact of his sobriety. That reminds me right now, like, I take my abstinence at time for granted, that I am a sober member and that I'm working these 12 steps to the best of my ability, but it's my abstinence is clean. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, for that day, that's all I have. And I don't say abstinence is my first priority. God is my first priority. But to get to God, I put down the food. Um, and so just that blessed fact of my own sobriety, the blessed fact of a sponsor's sobriety, the blessed fact that I can just live freely of the food um, in any time is huge. So I just see this as good advice for me in my life. And it reminds me of those big book themes of don't fight have patience, love, and tolerance, and be grateful for my sobriety. Thank you, Adela Pass. Thank you, Amanda B. Reva P., are you in line to share, or did I get that wrong? Uh, 
Okay, I guess I did get it wrong. So Shelly C.R. Good morning, visionaries. This is Shelly C.R., a grateful recovering compulsive overeater in Minnesota. Um, I love that we're talking about family, the family aspect of things now. Um, I know that while... You know, in my own recovery, as I'm working through the steps with my sponsor right now, um, things are changing, things that, um, you know, my defects of character, and, and and it's not up to me, and this is a reminder, this isn't my first time through the steps, um, but this reminds me to turn it over to my higher power as far as the step, or as far as the defects of character goes. Um, so when I say my step seven prayer in the morning, it's about... Um, you know, turning everything over good and bad to my higher power. And my higher power is responsible for taking away those defects of character at their own pace, in their own way. Um, They're the ones that get to decide. It's not me. And so my higher power, when I turn it over, then all of a sudden I'm recognizing that, you know, being harsh is a really prominent defective character that I have in how I speak to people. And I've always thought about the words that I use, and everybody's always talked about the tone. Um, And so while my words are fine, my tone has not been. And so when I go through now, which is different than the first time, and that's where I love that I'm getting deeper into the program um, and seeing the benefits of that. But now I go, oh, I'm sorry, that was too harsh. And that's coming out of me. And And I'm kind of surprised at myself, like that comes out of my mouth and I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, And so back to this paragraph, specifically working with family, um, when I started not too long after joining OA, someone suggested that I pass down to my family the pamphlet for the family. And so that has helped to give them a better understanding. Um, I've also invited my wife to come to an open face-to-face meeting so that she could get a sense because she's like, why are you doing these? anonymous things that you can't talk about, you can't (laughs) share. And of course I can share, you know, from my side of things and what I'm doing. But um, so she came to a meeting and that was really helpful for her as well. And then she could get a better sense and she said that she really kind of got it more because she's not a compulsive reader. She doesn't have this disease. So I'm just grateful for the reminders that every paragraph in this book is so packed with stuff and it, it helps me work my program, which in turn helps me pass this message on to others and how I work with sponsees as well. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Shelley C.R. Nessa R. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, to me, sponsoring is an exercise in humility um, because I need to admit that I don't have all the answers. Yes, I may be recovered. Yes, I may be, um, you know, my, my life may be getting better, but I still don't have all the answers. And so when Asuncy comes to me with a marital problem or a financial problem or any kind of problem for that matter, I have to admit that I'm not an expert. Um, the only expertise I have is in the disease of compulsive overeating and in the recovery of the disease of compulsive overeating. And so I need to make sure that I don't... Um, 
that I don't venture into an area that might get, get me and more importantly my sponsor to travel by offering advice that I have no business giving. And so the first thing I do when a sponsor comes with me with a problem, no matter what it is, is go to the steps. You know, if the sponsor is just starting and, um, you know, the process, uh, not at a place where they can do a, a step 10, I tell them, you know, write this down um, and put it on page 67 on, of your big book. And when we get to step four, um, you know, we're going we're gonna to deal with it in the framework of the steps. And, of course, we need to get to step four as quickly as possible. We need to get to the steps as quickly as possible. And if they are at step 10, then we do a step 10. You know, because the first thing is, you know, we all want solutions. I want somebody to tell me what to do, how to fix it. But, you know, the problem is that um, we are the problem, right? I, I, the, the, my troubles arise out of myself, out of my selfishness and self-centeredness. So I have to get myself out of the way. I have to clean myself of the street. And I can only do that through the steps. Once I have cleaned up my side of the street, then... I can invite God into my life in step 11. I mean, it's like the, the steps are beautiful. This is why step 11 follows step 10. First, I clear my side of the street so that I can have a clear channel to God. And then I, and then I, I meditate and I say, okay, God, you know, just show me what to do. What do I do in this situation? You know, and the big book tells us, you know, uh, we pause, we're not agitated or doubtful. We don't just try to fix it. When something happens, I don't have to react. Very few instances in life require my immediate reaction. I can pause. I can wait. I can clean up my side of the street and I can invite God. And then I will know what to do. And if I don't know what to do, then I wait. Then I wait until the answer comes. Um, that has never felt me in my own personal life, in my own personal troubles, in my marriage, in my finances, with my children, with my job. You know, I have, you know, I have regretted reactions, but I have never regretted uh, the, putting my life situations through the process of the steps. And this is why I do it this way with my sponsors. As, as, as people said before, I'm not a marriage counselor. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. I am just an addict who has recovered by the grace of God through through these 12 steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Um, Before you go, Leah S., I'll just let people who got on the line later know that we read the second paragraph on page 100 that goes from when working with a man through the blessed fact of his sobriety. Leah S. Thank you very much, Rebecca. Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm very grateful. Uh, Leah S. in Brooklyn, New York. So I'm going to take one sentence. Show them that he has entered a period of growth. And the truth of the matter is, every single day I grow more and more in my program. Because all of us have different circumstances, and now the entire world has different circumstances. world is not the world that we knew it just a couple of weeks ago. And um, now I have to live with my family, and um, everyone is very, very different. And what brings me to 
to really um, e- even working with others, but especially with working with my own family and the different uh, characteristics, uh, uh, colorful characteristics that they each one has, it's um, it's doing it step by step. It's uh, just understanding that the first and foremost in this entire uh, entire um, escapade, so to speak, is um, is my abstinence, so that I can have a clear head and a clear mind of what this program is teaching me, and if I if if I just get that abstinence first first. And then I can work my steps. This this situation is unbearable, or this is whatever. Now, what do I I have to do? And and just go through each step slowly by slowly step by step, and then it'll come to you. God will come into your heart and get you to know what to say at the next minute or the next uh, 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 the next hour. And, and how to behave. And uh, it is a period of growth, not only for the family members, but for me, myself, every single day. And I have to bring this in, this concept of letting God come into my life so that I can proceed. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much, Leah S. Sandy, and I didn't get the first initial of your last name. S, Sandy. Hi, Sandy. S. Hi. Um, Sandy S., recovered compulsive overeater. I haven't shared in a while on the line, but I think pretty recently. But I, I just want to commit to doing that more often, even though it's hard to get in. Um. I love that period of growth also because that's what I need to focus on, especially, you know, when I have an emotional relapse. And uh, that just happened to me yesterday where the rage I felt was just so out of proportion. And I don't even know what was enraging me that's even scarier. So I think, you know, during those periods, for me, more important, actually, than being powerless over food, I always knew that food was never the problem, that I had this overreactivity within myself that I was powerless over. And that's, that's where I'm looking for the period of growth. And that's, that's I, I call it a huge defect of character. I would call it emotional wounding. And not only is it not going to disappear overnight, but, you know, I've been entirely abstinent working the program of recovery, like my hair on fire, for 44 years. And it's definitely, I'm experiencing this very slow educational variety of this woundedness being healed. That's the way I have to describe it. And the blessed fact is that I have been on a period of growth. And what someone else said, I think it was Larry, said about the crack of light, that the path may be twisted and dark, 
But all I have to do is be open to that little crack of light. And even after such a horrendous day yesterday, internally, it was nothing external that was a problem, really. I experienced a crack of light this morning. And that's what I want to talk about. The best way for me to get over it this overreactivity for it to be healed because I can't get over it myself is to be open to God's miracles. And I just want to share what the miracle for me is. I have been sleeping, which is something I hadn't done in a very, very long time, maybe the whole time for just incredibly long. And it's been two weeks now. And last night I slept again. And not only did I sleep, but I had a dream. And, and it's pretty amazing. That's something I'm powerless over. I'm powerless over sleeping. I'm powerless over dreaming. And that's the crack of light that shows me that I'm growing. Despite how hopeless I felt yesterday over my reactivity, it wasn't anyone else. It was me. And that's what I have to trust, that God will heal. Um, and with that, I pass. Hmm. Thanks, Sandy S. Dorita P., and then I'll take more names. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for your service. Um, My name is Dorita P. from Cleveland, Ohio, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. It's a privilege and honor to be at a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Everybody do not get this opportunity for whatever reason, and so I'm really grateful I have a seat here. Um, Yeah, thank you, moderator. Thank you so much for your service. I mean, I know that's a tough job. I I wouldn't want it to try to hear all the different names. (laughs) Um, But this paragraph reminds me of, reminds me that this is a family disease, Um, we we don't talk about it much in in Overeaters Anonymous. In fact, I find that a lot of people kind of um, you know kind of try to isolate themselves or isolate the problem. Um, and I understand some families. I've met people where they are um, like the only the only addict in their family. Um, but for me, um, my whole immediate family. We're all compulsive overeaters, and the majority of my extended family are compulsive overeaters. Um, and, and I'm just really so grateful for this program. And so when I'm working with a new person, I, you know, um, like in the next paragraph, you know, looking ahead, it says, uh, if you have been successful in solving your own domestic problems, tell the newcomer's family how that was accomplished. And so, you know, I've never, I don't know if I've ever worked with any um, of my sponsees' family at all. Uh, Usually I don't even know any of their family uh, or meet any of their family. Um, But, you know, I can just share with my sponsee, um, you know, some of the things I've gotten over in my own family. And, um and, and it's hard. It's real hard. Um, you know, I heard Charles uh, share something about his family. Um, but in my family, I mean, it's hard. Like I said, I'm not, um, we're all compulsive overeaters, but I'm the only one um, 
and my mom uh, are the only ones that's in recovery. And it, it could be difficult, especially like at family get-togethers. It could, it could really be difficult. But I like, um, you know, AA's um, kind of rule, you know, when they go to functions, they get there they get there late and and leave early and just that that way they're there for the bulk of the people and they're not there early to eat or late to eat. So I'm just really grateful for this program and with that I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Dorita P. So it's time to take more names of people who would like to share on the second paragraph on page one hundred. Hi, this is Fran from New Jersey. Christina J. Linda D. from Connecticut. This is Raquel. Linda D. Was that Raquel? Yes. Fran from New Jersey. Did you say Fran from New Jersey? Lauren N. And Lauren N. I'm going to stop there. Okay, so I think we have two Frans, hopefully. Uh, Fran was first and then Christina J., and then Linda D., and Raquel, and then Fran from New Jersey, and Lauren N. So the first Fran, please go ahead. Hi. The uh, the first Fran is Fran from New Jersey. I didn't hear you say Uh, my name, so I didn't think you heard me. So it's just one Fran. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for clarifying. Uh, Thank you. Right ahead. Um, Yeah, it's really good to connect on this meeting. I'm grateful that it's here. And I love these two paragraphs, and I also like what Leah highlighted. Um, Show them that he has entered upon a period of growth. Because for me, I have to remember that, you know, I'm a reactive person, and although being abstinence gives me a shot at behaving in a way that's in accordance with the 12 steps, even being abstinence, I don't always, I'm not always able to control um, my reaction, and so I like to remember that it's a period of growth. And if I'm tolerant about that for myself, I can be tolerant about it for others. And I also love the last line when it says, "The story of how you and your wife settled your difficulties is worth any amount of criticism." I think what they mean is it's not. It's. I, I think what he what he means here is that. You can criticize someone and say that's not the way to do it, or be really strong-armed about it which I don't think is as helpful. I think what Bill Wilson is saying here is that just tell your own story. Just tell what worked for you because to me that not only have I responded, every time I've heard somebody tell me what to do, it's funny, but it's like their tone. It doesn't sound like recovery, even though it may talk recovery, but there are people who just say how it worked for them and how they recovered and I want so much what they have. And even though I may end up doing a different path, I want that result. I want that calm and that tolerant feeling. Um, I've often said I've been in these programs for many, many, many years, and there are many roads to Rome, and people may express it differently. But when someone is recovered, we can see it and feel it. And that's why I think our own stories are so much more powerful, because honestly, you know, I, I, I don't know how other people, what's best for them to recover. I really don't because I think we all have such a multiplicity of factors that enter into our particular disease, even though there are a lot of common points. And I just want to share something. My wonderful sponsor gave me this great expression, and it's live vertically. And I think of that because now with this terrible pandemic, 
my daughter is home, my husband is home, we're all in the same house, and more upsetting to me, we're all eating food out of one refrigerator and one pantry. And for me, there's almost nothing that tests my recovery or my lack of it than when someone takes something I've been saving to have as my lunch. And it may be an abstinent food or whatever people call green light foods, but it's still something I wanted to eat. And I have a beautiful friend in this program who always reminds me to share and let go of my food and I'll survive because the answer isn't whether I have this vegetable or that vegetable. It's in can I feel love and connection to all the people around me. So thanks for letting me share. And I pray to remember for even myself that it is a, I am entering, I am in a period of growth, I hope. Thanks for letting me, both friends, share. Fran, what's the first initial of your last name? It is M, and I am in New Jersey. Thanks, Fran M. Christina J. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Thanks for everyone on the line um, today. In these strange times that are really challenging us to go in and um, take a look at how we're running our lives, take a look at not being distracted by all the things we've been distracted with in our lives, not just food, but jobs and shopping and all kinds of other things we run around and do all day. Um, So I'm just so grateful that God takes us through this slowly. I mean, he doesn't hit us over the head overnight with all our character defects. And um, there's a period of growth, a beautiful period of growth after I put the food down. Uh, Before my life was backed up by food. You know, I could run my life backed up by food. But today I can run my life backed up with this program and with God's gentle urging and gentle awakenings. Um, you know, just recently I've realized uh, that my, my husband, <laughs> talking about family here, is a human being, and that when he's going off on some feelings he has, um, and I think I should tell him how to handle his feelings and how he should feel instead, that that's wrong. And I started to have a deeper compassion for him. Um, and not trying to control the outcome of his feelings or how he should feel. And that's resulting from program. And also with myself, um, just recently I've realized, overnight in fact, that um, some of my overreaction, as we've been hearing on the phone today, has been strictly the result of the way I was raised and the way I learned to react in the world. So scared such a fear in me about being accepted and having to prove myself to the world, such a fear. And it's caused me to overreact, to do things things really uh, in a bigger way. You know, overworking, that's the word I'm looking for, overworking at my job, overworking at relationships, overworking on sharing on the line, overworking everything. And I just um, realize where that comes from, and I don't have to indulge that small, fearful child anymore. I can love her and tell her we don't need to act that way anymore. Um, So these defects of character, they're not going to disappear overnight, but God is revealing them to me slowly like all of us, I think. And again, thank God he (laughs) he doesn't knock me over the head with all of them. I don't think I'd be able to move because when I do realize some of my character defects that I'm changing and growing from slowly, um, it scares me to death. Oh, God, how am I going to get over this? But this last line, uh, remember, uh, when I'm impatient, 
that I have my sobriety. I can't be impatient with my growth. I have to let God guide. And um, in this, I can be gentle and patient with others when I get back to sponsoring. So thank you for letting me share. Bless everyone today, and I pass. Thank you, Christina J. Linda D. Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. Lounging in Connecticut. Oh, that's not so true. Uh, I'm recovered. I'm flopped on the couch because I've worked myself to death. Um, Because sometimes that's what I do in a panic. And, uh, And it's not easy to be on this earth at any point of time, let alone as an addict. Um, that being said, I am recovered. And I, uh, somebody said it, many people said it, I have a shot at this. Um, but I'm only recovered for six years and, and chiclets, a few months. And so I have to apply those steps and let them expand my experience of life of what it means to love. And so I'll just say it really quickly. I don't have much of an idea, but I do know this. I'm self-destructive. Yes, I am. That's why I'm here. That isn't why I came, because I wanted to be slim and gorgeous and all that stuff. And that's great. But that's not what this is about. This is about a virulent disease where I participate in it. I activate it. I have no way intellectually out of it. And I was overschooled to say the least. So what I had to do and have to do, and now it's my joy to do, is to apply these steps because they they look so simple. It's just about food. No, it's not. That's the start. And that's what I have to keep an eye on because it's critical, it's a door opener, but I must hit the intuitive level of me. I didn't even know I had it. And the steps access it. What am I talking about? Just keep going and you'll find out, as I do, that life expands. And it is a period of growth. And sometimes it's through really awful stuff. And You know, this is not Betty Crocker Anonymous. This is a virulent disease, and it will take me out, and I'll have to cooperate. I'm not willing to cooperate because I like life now, pandemic or not. So I thank you. I thank you for being there. I'm learning so much. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Linda D. Raquel E. Hello, hello, my, our sweet Rebecca and all my dear friends there. Boy, I needed this paragraph, the one on top and this one. I just got on because a lot is happening here in the in this uh, assisted living place, and they came to put in install a washing machine and to this and that, and so many things happened, but. Um, I read the two paragraphs. Which are you guys on? The one starts with if you have been successful or the one above? The one above, Raquel. One above. 
they're so beautifully connected. Okay, so somebody came in today, and that's a social worker of the place, to point out to me something that I was only halfway aware of. And it's a character defect. And I really have to be careful because I'm in a whole new community. It's two and a half weeks that I've been here. And I love the people, but among the people, there are people definitely who have their own character defects. And if I allow myself to react to other people, somebody spoke before, I, I'm writing as, as you guys are talking. One person said, um, um, here, one person, I didn't get their name, but about the awareness, just to be aware, this wonderful lady, she's an American, and I could really speak program with her and tell her about myself that I really don't like to be dominated by other people. But there are people here who are not in program, and there are people who are older than me, and people who are more infirm than me, and some of them really want to boss other people around, whether it's in the gym or in the music uh, singing class or whatever. And if I will let my ego react, I will really, I can really cause irreparable damage in my ability. So she came in to give me such compliments that hardly stick. You know, we know uh, you have so much to offer and blah, blah, blah. But all this, will the offering anything is not going to happen if I let a few people really get on my nerves. And they are, you know, they, they, people do their thing. And out of fear can step on other people. And I, I, I don't take very kindly to it. And I have to be careful. And I have to have a lot of what was said here, just a lot of love and acceptance and just be here to observe. I'm just like, but I'm not an anthropologist, you know, this overreacting from inside, Shine you know. Window. Yeah, boy, I'd like all of you here in my room. Oh, just one little thing. I'm so careful with my food. I have one room, and I cook in that one room, and I brought with me ready food. I watch, and, and, and they park this okay. car. Yeah, I'm stopping. Maybe you could tell us another day. I'm so sorry. I will. But cake and the coffee after every dream is not for me. Thank you. Thank you, Raquel, for understanding. Lauren N. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone. This is Lauren N., compulsive reader, sugar addict in New York. I am so grateful that I have learned that I cannot fix anyone but myself or can't even do that, that I have to pray to God for everything, that I am so grateful that I no longer try and give everybody the advice that I used to give them. I used to think I knew the answers to everything. I used to think I could help everyone else and I was 286 pounds and I was dying of diabetes I couldn't do anything to stop my food addiction but yet I knew everybody else's business and thought 
I could do it all. What a mess I was. I thought I knew everything and knew all the answers. I am so grateful today that I no longer think I know anything other than how to pray to God and um, how to how to be happy, joyous, and free with this program, with you all, with my gods with skin that help me um, remember that I'm just human and being human is means that I get to love and to, to hold on to this program a hundred percent. I was on and I am on multiple meetings every day these days to remind me of how out of how I need to rely on you and God and everybody else and everything I've learned in this program with all the craziness that's going on in our lives. And thank you all for being here. And uh, with that, I pass. Thanks, Lauren. And is there one more person who would like to share on this paragraph that didn't get a chance? Second on page 100. This is Priscilla. I'd like to share. Priscilla, the floor is yours. Go right ahead. And the first initial of your last name. It's H. Thank you so much. Um, In reading this paragraph, oh, wow, I've put a star by it and underlined and highlighted. It is telling me so much about what I have done wrong in my attempts to, um, to sponsor people, to mentor them, to help them through um, their early recovery. And I've, I've kind of rewritten this paragraph in my mind when working with a woman about her family, because so many women do, and men too, perhaps do focus on family issues, I must take care not to participate about their quarrels. I may spoil my chance of being helpful to her if I do. I must urge upon her that she has been a very sick person. I must warn her against dealing with the resentment or the jealousy that she may feel towards her family members, except in terms of working her steps, her step four. I must point out to her that her defects of character are not going to disappear overnight, and theirs may not ever disappear. I must show her that she has entered upon a period of growth and ask her to remember when she's feeling impatient about her family, the blessed fact of her own recovery. And I wrote in my book, Do Not Discuss Her Family Problems With Her. And what I mean by that is except uh, regarding her part in the family issues. I made this huge mistake most recently, I think, with a um, sponsee who has huge family issues, is very, very, very focused 
enmeshed, I would say, even with her family. And um, I encouraged her to talk about that, and that's okay. But the emphasis was wrong. I needed to keep steering my emphasis back on her part and and her working of the steps um, rather than her attempts to relate to her family in a different way. I hope I'm making some sense because this is really, whew, this is just a big flashing light for me. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Priscilla H. And you are the last person to share for this hour. Thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Monday, March 30th, 2020, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 14,337. That's 14337. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Lisa B. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.